After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is Richie Mudd, President and CEO of RSI Roofing and Building Supply. Richie is a member in the boards of several organizations, including the State of Hawaii Tax Foundation and the Staten Island Business Association. Like many local businesses, he actively donates to churches, schools, sports teams, and charitable institutions. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Richie Mudd. Welcome to our show, Richie. Thank you, Carrie. You know, it says RSI. Could you tell us what that acronym stands for? It used to stand for Roofing Supply, Inc. Now it stands for Roofing, Siding, and Insulation. It actually started because one of our major national trade magazines is RSI, and it's kind of a recognized name in the niche industry we're in. We kind of changed the, uh, the, the, the initials to stand for different things when we, when we expand our company. To the layperson, what is RSI as a business? What do you folks do? Well, one thing people think some people think we're contractors. We're not contractors. We're a wholesale supply business that focuses not to the general public but the professional trade. So, in a perfect world, um, one of the things we've done we've evolved over our over the years to exterior supply. So, in a perfect world, we'll sell the roof when they frame the house out of steel or wood. Uh, we'll sell the roof sheeting. We'll sell the roofing. We'll sell the siding. And we'll sell the trim. So, exterior supply is what we focus on and not to the public, mostly to the professional contractor. Could you give us a little background about RSI and how you got involved in this industry? I came to Hawaii in 1983 to work at Victoria Station Restaurant. If you remember the uh, the, the train cars on Kapilani Boulevard there, I came here to be a waiter and didn't, didn't know anyone. And the first five years I was here, I just worked in the restaurant. Uh, I, start, I came here when I was 22 years old and... Uh, I rented a house from someone that had a roofing supply business one day. So one day uh, uh, he said, you want to come in and work for a couple of months while someone's going on pregnancy leave? I said, okay. So I got in this business just to work a couple of months. Uh, I didn't have any background in it, but I just you know worked at the counter and inside sales. And I ended up working there five years. And so from there I got exposed to this business. I still worked at the restaurant at night. So for those five years I worked two jobs. and But I got exposed to the business, learned the products and the customers, and then uh, – I left that and then started a real small business in 1983 just to have something to do, and it uh, kind of evolved. So how did you end up becoming the owner? Was it like I liked it so much I bought it kind of thing or what? No, no. Well, I started RSI in 1983 from just nothing. Uh, so we just uh, found a, a small lot on Sand Island. Uh, we found an abandoned container. We put a window and a door in. And so I originated the company. It started there. And uh, it's just kind of grown over the years. And, you know, one of the things I told you, I told you in 1983, I didn't really have a lot of business training. I went to college and had a psychology degree, one of those things you barely get out of college. And uh, I didn't know in 1983 when interest rates were 22%, it's not a good time to start a building supply company. But anyway, it just kind of evolved. And um, I was, you know, I went from a sales rep to owning my own company. 
and um, it turned out to be a good time uh, because we just kind of grew as the economy got better. What burned that fire under you, though, to start a new company? Because, I mean, with all that experience and knowledge that you had, you could have just gone and joined another company. Because also during 1983, when you did start your own company, the original company you worked with got bought out, correct? Later after I left, yeah. yeah. Okay, so why did you, what burned that fire under you to say, go and start your own with no business experience and, you know, you didn't have a lot of money saved up yet at that time, right? Looking back now, I would have never have done it. I was It kind of grew out of just, hey, I'll try something. And uh, I did have offers to go and be a rep for someone else or keep working like that. But for some reason, um, I just said, we'll try this. I can always go back and work for someone else. So it just, like I said, it just has been, it's 23 years since we started with uh, pretty much nothing. And now we're on four islands. We have about 80 employees, and our revenue will be over $50 million this year. So it's just something that uh, people say, well, how do you get in this business? You don't. You just kind of, in my experience, you just kind of start. And I didn't know any better, and it just evolved. And if there's anything we did right, was I think we have a real good culture and attitude toward working hard and serving the customer every day. And then how did you build that culture and attitude? Because that's key for any business. You know, it's just one day at a time. I think my personality, you know, if I have a fault, I try to please people and that sort of thing. We don't try to be right. Uh, we just have a real attitude towards serving people. You know, a lot of, you know, you almost, it's like that book, you can learn everything you need to know about business working as a waiter in a restaurant. You know, you try to anticipate people's needs. Uh, you know, don't try to be right. If the customers want something different, just say, yes, sir, and I'll get it. And if it all works right, you get a good tip at the end. So, you know, like if people are, you know, if my parents had been wor- worried about me, the only real job I had till I was 28 years old was working in a restaurant. But it's not that hard. If you, if you have a great attitude being a waiter, you can, you can also be successful in business. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Howdy sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Richie Mudd, President and CEO of RSI, Roofing and Building Supply. RSI started in 1983 on an 8,000-square-foot lot in San Island and since has grown to 120,000 square feet with offices in Maui, Kona, and Kauai. When you first started, did you have these big dreams like you wanted to get out there and build a huge company? No. Uh, it was just I needed a job. I, I, if I had anything, I liked what I was doing. I, I really enjoyed what I was doing. I enjoy my customers. Uh, and it's sort of like uh, I've always worked a lot of hours and that sort of thing, but I enjoy what I'm doing, and I probably have an attitude where you know I really want more than making money. I want customers to be happy. 
And I think if you make your customers happy, the financial part will come after that and that sort of thing. Did you still have your waiter job at night when you were starting your business? Uh, yeah, I did, actually, for about the first year and a half. And then um, it's always had, like I said, I could always go back and be a waiter. I could always work for someone else. But the business just kept growing, and and uh, it worked out just fine. How did you make it through the uh, low times in, in construction here? You know, again, we, you get up in the morning, and you, or you look in from year to year or quarter to quarter, and you're, if your sales start to drop or something like that, you just look like, well, what can we do? Can we get more customers? Uh, can we work hard? Can we do something better? And I think it's the way a lot of small entrepreneurs or small business people do. Um, you know, the bank used to ask me what was my plan or projection, and I never had any. I was just said, hey, well, if the economy's good, we think we'll always get good market share. We're going to work to please our customers. But over the years, we've uh, you know we've expanded our product lines uh, and expanded what we do. Like I said, when we first started, we only sold roofing supplies. And in the late 90s, when uh, you know revenues were going down because it, it was a, a poor construction time, uh, we started to expand into broader products like exterior supplies. So we kind of had alliances with manufacturers that weren't doing. One of the things we've always done, good or bad, we, we manufacturers that weren't doing a lot of business here, kind of came to us because we're a type of company that was close to our customers. I think we're good at promoting products that aren't being used here right now. So anyway, we made some really good uh, strategic deals that turned out to be small product lines at the time, and they became very big. We've also done, I think, five or six acquisitions. Uh, and, again, I think it's because of our relationships with people. You know, when when times are down a little bit, a lot of times people they owe money to or people or they want an exit, they want an orderly exit, and they like selling to a, a local business like us that will kind of continue what they'd like to do. So most of our acquisitions, well, probably half of them, they've come to us and we've worked it out. And the other one, we just, we've kind of sought them out. And so I think your question was, you know, how do you, how do you get through the – the, the ups and downs, and I think we've done that through acquisitions. We've also done it through other product lines and by working harder. I wanted to go back to the beginning a little bit because you don't have any business experience, and, you know, you open up this shop. A lot of people have dreams of opening their own business. How did you learn or where, where did you turn to for guidance and how to open your business and to actually decide you're going to be a supply store and not just a retail store? Where did you get your contacts from, besides already being a little bit in the business from your previous company? Yeah, the contacts I had, the the knowledge level was a lot less back then, which there was less products and that sort of thing. And other than that, you just, every day you get up and try to work hard. And if you make, like I produce that, you make a decision. If it's wrong, you change it the next day or something. You know, I think there's that thing you can learn by watching other people. You can learn about reading about other people. Or you can, you know, learn by doing. Well, I've, I've probably done all those things. I think another way of putting it is you can, you know, you can learn by others, other people's mistakes by watching them. Or sometimes you pee on the electric fence and you learn that way. So we've kind of <laughs> done everything like that. Have you had um, any mentors in your, I guess, your business career where you were able to go to them or even, I know you said you watched a lot to learn. But, you know, one specific mentor that really taught you a lot about business and how to be a leader and then also carry your business and have your employees follow you? Not a lot. I grew up on a small farm in Kentucky, so that was kind of a basis for entrepreneurship. It's, you know, you just figure out how to do things and you get up every day and there's problems, whether it's weather, work, or whatever. But, you know, you, you don't delegate a lot of things. You just learn things. I mean, I drive my people at work sometime because they'll come with me to the problem and I'll say, well, what would MacGyver do? And a lot of that's the mentality of it. You know, you hey, you don't just... 
you figure out a way of doing it and go back and think of a way of doing something like that. So we kind of get up like that if we have a problem. We, you know, I don't, I don't complain very much. I mean, to me, having a business here in Hawaii, yes, it has lots of problems, but it's a great place to have a business, and that's what having a business is about. You just got to solve your problems. And so that's how we've – I think that's a, a basic philosophy we have. We don't complain about something. We ha- try to have everybody's mentality, well, how do we figure it out, and uh, complaining is not going to help a lot. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Richie Mudd, President and CEO of RSI Roofing and Building Supply. Richie, you mentioned a lot about building relationships and that kept you going and that built your business. What are some tips you can give us on how to build relationships and sustain them? Well, I think you have to make it part of your culture. You know, you have to realize what relationships are all about. It's not just having a relationship with your customer. I mean, that's nice if you have that. It's not wanting and dining your customer. It's understanding your customer. And I think, you know, it's not what you tell people. It's how much you care about them. And that's the first thing. But, you know, everything else, you have to have relationships all in your community. You know, you need your bank's help. You need vendors' help. I mean, our our vendors are like partners with us. We don't try to always, you know, beat them up on this or that. We say, hey, we, we've got this. We, we need to have this to, you know, sell more things or we need this help on that. And I think we just – and if you have that attitude toward relationships, you never want to burn one. I mean, if if we have a problem with the customer, we try not to, hey, it's just not working out. Uh, you know, we try never burn a bridge. A lot of times we'll, you know, do less business with someone and it'll come back later. But just the – Especially in this community, I mean, it's, it's it's just your reputation is very important. How you treat people is very very important. We try to be very active. We're we're a very small business, and I'll, you know we've kind of grown up with that mentality. We don't have a lot of layers of management, but you know every week I have something where we donate something to a church, a little league team, a scouting team, whether it's a monetary donation or somebody wants some material for something. So, and I think we're approachable in that sense. You know, we aren't. My two main competitors are both about two billion dollar companies and i think you know they would probably donate if if you called them but you know we're very approachable people know who we are here they know who we are on all four islands and uh, i think uh, that they know they can uh, you know get some help if they call us being that you're mentioning that you're on four islands right how did you know that it was time to expand that you were ready to expand because you did show us a picture if you could also describe that for our listeners of how you first started and that small office that almost seems like a half container size to, you know, having offices and locations with 120, well, at least on Oahu, 120,000 square feet. How'd you know you're ready to expand? When's the time? One, 
we used to not want to expand. We used to say, hey, let's keep the business small. Let's let's be, don't become a monster. But but we found out in order to stay competitive, in order to attract the right product lines, the right customers, the right employees want to work for you. It became an ingrained philosophy that we have to always grow and change. And so once you look at that, whether you whether you you look for opportunities to do that, uh, we didn't want to go to the mainland, go to Guam, go to Alaska. Uh, we just look for opportunities in Hawaii where we can expand. And um, like on on Maui, we moved over there. Then we bought uh, Ibarra Roofing Supply that had been there before. The Big Island, we you know we we went down there and we. Um, about Johnson Construction Supply. On Kauai, we went over there during the hurricane, and then we closed down, but then we just had an opportunity two years ago to buy Rosa Supply over there. That's a, a great 30-year company on Kauai. So actually on Kauai, we still have the name. We keep it Rosa Supply over there. But it's not like we have a big board meeting or strategic planning meeting. It's sort of like more of a day-to-day thing. And that's something I, I think uh, helps us compete with bigger companies. It's not... The big of these, the small. It's the it's the quick that eat the slow. So I think what's one thing we're good at is uh, you know we see things quickly where it's changing products. We see customers that are growing. We see opportunities that. So that's probably another good philosophy we have uh, is that reluctantly almost we have the philosophy where we have to grow and change if we're going to survive and help all our people and our customers and that sort of thing. Seems like you guys grew primarily through acquisition, right? No, I would say that's a small part of it. Uh, a lot of times we grew when times were down and the companies we bought were kind of, uh, what do you call it, motivated sellers. Uh, so one thing it helped, uh, you know, helped consol- it was probably more consolidation and that sort of thing. We really grew a lot the last three years, three or four years, and that was mainly something we did like seven years ago late 90s uh when maybe the economy was down a little we expanded more to exterior supplies so you know maybe seven or eight years ago you don't just do it overnight you start developing the product lines the relationships the inventory and that sort of thing and then in the last you know three years some of those products we decided to sell six years ago all of a sudden no one was using them here in hawaii and now everybody's using them and we were the first ones to do that so Again, it's you know we've been lucky too. I need to mention you know we've done you know we we've worked hard, but we've been real lucky on some of the decisions, directions we've gone, and opportunities we we have that could have probably just as well gone the other way, but they didn't. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Feeling fine, we're staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, it's sunshine in your mouth. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, it's sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? 
Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Richie Mudd, President and CEO of RSI, Roofing and Building Supply. Beyond Richie's workday, he helps the community as a board member for the Sand Island Business Association, member of Building Industry Association, and the Young President's Organization, to name a few. Beyond running the several locations that you have on the islands, are you able to share with us why you're involved in these other community organizations and why it's important to you? Well, it really starts out, it's part of our business to be involved in our business. And we also try to be involved a little bit politically, too, because a lot of the organizations in town, especially the professional organizations, they, they help your community by you know, trying to make sure you're, they watch the legislative uh, laws and regulations and that sort of thing. Plus, it, it, you know, it's, it's just something that these organizations make our uh, business better, our particular, whether it's the Building Industry Asso- Association, it just makes, or the Roofing Association, just makes our, you know, our industry has done a lot for myself personally and, and our employees, and and we try to do everything we can to support those those people. And they have you know they have more time. You know, my work day I usually start at five a.m. and I eat breakfast at my desk and lunch at my desk, and and that's just what I do. I'm very hands-on. If people want to call me and complain, I'm right there. And again, I think that differentiates us from some of the bigger companies. So if someone needs help, whether it's an organization or someone in the community, you know, we, we very much uh, try to support that. Time is a little bit harder than other things we can do, but I encourage my employees to be active on, on these organizations also. Did you always think that way, even in the beginning when you were first starting off? I was actually started going. I went to a few business organization meetings, and, and I started to meet more people, and I think that was a foundation too. You know, I met a lot of people doing that, and I met more people, and so it kind of evolved into sort of a habit. Uh, again, it's, it's finding balance in your life too. You know, uh, sometimes you've got time to go to meetings in the evenings and board meetings, but then you have you have to have to balance what your, whatever your family life is. Your business needs your attention because you can easily get too far one way or the other. But I think you know we we, we recognize and we've uh, tried to contribute as much as we can. Since 1983, you know, <clears throat> you've been involved with or actually opened your business, and then this is. Now, and you said you're still eating lunch at your breakfast and lunch at your desk. I mean, you have all this energy. Where do you find that energy? How do you find time to balance your life, have all this enthusiasm and passion for what you do? How do you do it all these years? I'm not sure it's energy. It's just what you have to do. There's a lot of people. I mean, our business is on Sand Island. There's a lot of people on Sand Island. They're just businesses like, you know, family businesses where you just work hard, a lot of people don't have big educations where they teach you to compartmentalize and delegate and all that sort of thing. So maybe it's a weakness of mine where I haven't been able to delegate and uh, and that sort of thing. But I enjoy what I do, and I think I think that's what makes our business special. And I think a lot of small businesses are like that. People, you know, we have contractors that come in and they, you know, work and they may work in different parts of the U.S. and they always try to find a small independent guy to work with because. Uh, Again, I think you make decisions quickly and you can, you know, they don't have a lot of uh, regulations if, if they want something done. So I don't know if it's good or bad. That's the way it is. And it's worked for, for my company. 
then what advice would you give for younger people out there, maybe even in the earlier stages of their career, in regards to getting involved with the community and doing uh, things with nonprofit organizations? Well, one, I you know I didn't grow up here, so it, it's it's really advantageous to be in the right organizations where you can meet a lot of people and and um, whether it helps your company or, or it doesn't. Uh, to me, I'm you know I enjoy meeting people and and I, I'm not uh, so if you're the type of person which you almost have to be in a lot of businesses these days you can't uh, you have to be someone that likes to be involved with people it's a very much a people business and that sort of thing so the organizations whether it's your church whether it's uh, you know coaching or volunteering at a, at a little league team or something like that or in your business organization it's something that you know I think it's really good for business and it's um, and it probably personally it's good it's good for you also it kind of broadens your life and broadens your the people you know here and any last bits of advice for our listeners out there we have a good story where uh you know i came here didn't know anybody and didn't have any money but if you work hard and learn every day you can do a lot of good things here and i know a lot of people have done that they they just worked real hard and uh treated people right and i think this hawaii is a great place to do business uh it's not easy but i don't think it's any easier any other place Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.